This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Hey, let's talk about plastic pollution in our society now and especially in our oceans and plastic getting into our waters. Plastic touches all of our lives, really. When you think about it on a daily basis, how often do you interact with plastic items? I mean, from food packaging we buy, the computers you're working at, if you're driving your car right now, a lot of that is plastic. But a lot of the plastics that you touch on a daily basis are uh, single-use-only plastics. You use them once, and then you throw them away. How much of this stuff ends up in the ocean? Well, a lot more than you might think. People may have seen a lot of those photos of plastic in our oceans, the see the islands of plastic that you see sometimes in, in uh, videos and photos, which is just astonishing. What can be done about it? Well, check this out. Twelve leading ocean conservancy and environmental groups banding together now to ask the federal government in Ottawa to declare plastics uh, a Schedule One toxic substance under the Canadian Environmental Protection Act. That would allow the government to pass a lot of laws to regulate the use of plastics. Let's check in now with one of the groups uh, that's behind this effort. Lily Woodbury is the chapter manager for Surf Rider Pacific Rim. Hi, Lily. Hello. Thank you for having us. Thanks for coming on. What is Surf Rider Pacific Rim? What is that? So I'm actually representing Surf Rider Foundation, the three chapters that are in British Columbia. And uh, our mission is the protection and enjoyment of the ocean beaches and waves. Okay. That includes surfing? Yes, it does include waves for surfing, but it goes beyond surfing. It's for everyone who depends on the coast, the ocean, for recreation, for careers, for culture, for everything. Okay, how much of this plastic ends up in our oceans? I think a lot of people might think, well, if I recycle it or I throw it in the garbage, it's going to go to a landfill site. It's not going to go in the ocean. How does it end up in the ocean, this stuff? That's a great question. So as, as we know, Canada's plastics recycling rate is at 9%. So the rest is sent to landfills or incinerators or sent unwittingly to developing nations. Uh, or, as you've mentioned, it gets lost to ecosystems. And this could be marine ecosystems in the ocean. This could be freshwater. This can be terrestrial. And as we know, it is 29,000 metric tons are lost to the environment on an annual basis. Okay, what's the impact of that? The impact is, is immense. It causes harm to obviously the environment and biodiversity through animal entanglement, uh, consumption by animals, and the uptake of chemicals breaking down uh, from, the chemo- from the plastics themselves, as well as the, the chemicals the plastics absorb, like persistent organic pollutants, uh, from the human consumption of marine species who have ingested these plastics, and of course the impact on all of the beaches and the coastline where this plastic is washing up. Okay, what do you want the government to do about it? Well, as you mentioned, we want them to add plastic waste uh, and waste discharge from the use or disposal of products or packaging to Schedule 1. And what this would uh, allow the federal government to do would be to fulfill four major recommendations that we have. Uh, First being to pass laws requiring that producers of products containing plastics or using plastic packaging to collect and recycle them through extended producer responsibility, to require that recycled plastics be used in the making of products and packaging, uh, thus creating a domestic demand for recycled plastic, which right now there is not, to ban single-use plastic items that, despite citizens' best efforts, are not collected and end up as litter and in the marine and freshwater environments, uh, 
and uh, to also reduce microplastic waste that is discharged from textiles and other products that pollute marine species, which Canadians do consume. Okay, do any other countries around the world approach it like that, with that kind of uh, regulatory crackdown on it? Yes, absolutely. There's many countries all over the world who are uh, taking a, a regulatory approach. There are many states in the U.S. that have content, recycled content standards that are implementing EPR, that have comprehensive single-use plastic bans in place, like Hawaii, where they have cutlery, foam, straws, bags. It's not just one item, it's the whole, you know, a whole list of single-use plastic items. Uh, the U.K., as well as many other places in Germany, sorry, Germany and Europe, have really great EPR regulations, as well as higher deposits for beverage containers, including plastic containers, which means that their recycling rate is way higher than what we have here in Canada. And of course, so many countries around the world are banning all types of single-use plastics on every continent. And to be quite, uh, quite frank, Canada is quite behind in this regard. Okay, I guess a lot of people might think that is this even possible to, to make a difference because plastic is just so so common it's just so ubiquitous every single day we're interacting with with this stuff is it really possible to require recycling of of every single little bit of, of plastic that's used on a daily basic daily basis is that is that possible can what what i mean what would be the the uh uh the fundamental aspects of of collecting all that stuff and as and can it physically be recycled Yes, absolutely. It is possible and it needs to happen. Our oceans are facing a crisis. We are facing a global biodiversity crisis, climate change. Like we all, all of this is happening. We have to do this, you know, and it's not about recycling every single plastic. As you've mentioned, there is plastic in vehicles. There's plastic in construction. So these are, these are types of plastics that aren't going to be recycled right away. Of course, having, um, having there be avenues for these items to be recycled at the end of their life is obviously going to be very beneficial. And as mentioned, one of the ways to do that is through extended producer responsibility. So the producers of any kind of plastic product is responsible for the whole life cycle of that product. And you can pass laws to make that happen. Instead of right now where producers are, they produce a plastic, they produce a product, and then once they've made it and it's distributed, it's no longer their responsibility. Well, that is the issue because then it becomes a waste product that causes all of these problems that then all Canadians end up paying for we end up collectively paying for and so that that needs to change and it's absolutely possible to work towards a circular plastics economy that is more efficient that is more effective and can actually benefit industry okay i'm speaking to lily woodbury from Surfrider foundation canada it's a group uh, that protects the uh, ocean beaches when you walk when you visit the beach lily what kind of plastic waste do you uh, typically see uh, in the water. I mean, if, if you walk down on a typical beach, can you see this stuff? Yeah, you can. You find all different types. Of course, consumer plastics, again, the single-use plastics, cutlery bags, straws, coffee cups, water bottles, a lot of water bottles. Those are one of the most frequent uh, cigarette butts, of course. Then you're also finding a lot of products from industry. So you're finding fit, um, fishing rope, you're finding styrofoam, you're finding different items from the aquaculture industry, we're finding nurdles. And so it really is a mix from, from different sectors that, that we find and collect and recycle. Lily, thanks for coming on and talking about it today. Yes, thank you for having us. Okay, you're welcome. That's Lily Woodbury, Surf Rider Foundation Canada. That's one of the environmental and ocean protection groups that have banded together here.